The regular season is here, finally. And the only thing that matters for the Eagles is finding a way to end a five-game losing streak to the Washington Redskins. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Eagles Live podcast. I'm insider Dave Spadaro with you. Glad to be here. Excited about what's ahead for the 2017 Eagles. The roster is set at 53 players with another 10 players on the practice squad, and the full attention is on the Redskins and Sunday afternoon at FedEx Field. Now, it's been tough against Washington, and FedEx Field has been a bit of a house of horrors of late for the Eagles, who haven't won there since Chip Kelly's opening game win back in 2013. Overall, though, the Eagles have an 11-9 record at FedEx Field. Anyway, there are some keys to talk about in this game, and we'll do just that in this Eagles Live podcast. Visit with former Eagles place kicker David Akers, who will be inducted into the franchise's Hall of Fame later this season. And we will introduce a new element here, a great moment in Eagles history. First, we go one-on-one with head coach Doug Peterson, coming off a good preseason and heading into his second regular season as the team's head man. Doug, how would you describe the success that you had in the preseason? Well, you look at the win-loss record and you can take it for what it's worth, you know, two and two. Some of the things that we did, I thought, was get our starters enough reps to be ready to go. The Miami week was huge for us, a chance to work against another football team for a couple of days and go out and play well and do some nice things there. But at the same time, we were able to evaluate some of our young players, obviously put our 53 together and our 10 practice squad players and uh, really focus on that. And I feel like, too, we're in a better situation roster-wise this year than we were a year ago. The chemistry that you developed with all these new pieces and offense. How do you feel about it now going into the opener? I feel good. I feel good. They've, they've had a lot of time together all the way back to OTAs, and they've worked extremely well through camp on both sides of the ball, obviously, offensively and defense. Probably a little more timing on offense when you're talking about Torrey Smith, Alshon, and Carson working together. But, you know, a full week of practice and really understanding body language and how these guys detail and run routes is important for any development, but uh, excited to watch these guys play on Sunday. We're midway through the week here, getting ready for Washington. What has your message been to the team? Well, it starts with how well did we do last year against them and we didn't do very well we got to win on the road and to be a championship team to be able to take care of your nfc east you got to be able to do that and we've got both of those to start the season you know we got a division opponent and we're on the road so you know it's pretty much right there in front of us and uh the guys have embraced it and um you know a good week of practice will lead up to hopefully a victory on sunday thanks doug thank you The first order of business for the Eagles is to get the offense untracked early on the road. As Peterson said, the Eagles need to win away from Lincoln Financial Field to get to the postseason. And after a 1-7 record on the road last season, they need to finish strong. In 2016, blown fourth quarter leads in Detroit and in Dallas cost the Eagles at the end of the campaign. This year, they must find a way to start fast and finish strong. With that in mind, here is offensive coordinator Frank Reich talking about his group, one that welcomes newcomers Alshon Jeffrey and Torrey Smith at wide receiver and LeGarrette Blunt at running back. What can we expect to see from the Eagles offense this season? Here is Reich to talk about it. Frank, the feeling that you have having watched the Eagles, this offense come together since really since April uh, as you're on the eve of the opener. Confidence, a feeling of confidence, a feeling of belief, a feeling of anticipation, you know, ready to put this thing and our guys to the test. It's what it's all about. That's what we love about this game, how competitive it is. What are the tough matchups in this game? Well, we got to prove that we can protect the passer, you know, on the road in a tough environment with the noise, you know, with Kerrigan and, you know, they got a good defense. They put a lot of pressure on us last year. I'm sure they'll have all their blitz package and they'll be ready to get after us a little bit. We got to handle it and we got to handle it early and we got to handle it often. 
How prepared is Carson going into this season? Now he's had a full off season of being the guy. The growth that you've seen from him, the moment that is now here uh, in his second year. You know what's interesting you say about being the guy? As a player, one of the things you know about great players is, you know, they make the hard things to do look easy on the field. Well, I think being the guy is another aspect of being the franchise quarterback. And to Carson's credit, he makes that look easy to me. The spotlight's not too big for him. The city of Philadelphia is not too big for him. He loves this city. He embraces this city. I think they've embraced him. Of course, now we got to back it up and, and win a lot of games. But I think for him, he's ready to do that. The fans didn't see an offense that was able to run the ball effectively in the preseason. How do you feel about that particular aspect of the offense going into Sunday? I feel very confident and positive that over the course of 16 games, when it's all said and done, we're going to look back and say we had a, an excellent rushing offense. Last year, you know, we were fifth in rushing efficiency. You know, I've said that before, but it's true. You know, the preseason, certainly it matters, but you just got to take it a little bit with a grain of salt. We're not too worried. A lot of different guys playing a lot. Of, you don't develop quite the chemistry and get into a rhythm as much. So I base it more on what we did last year, the players that we have this year, what we've seen done. I feel very confident. Thanks, Frank. Okay, Dave. A tough battle looms at the line of scrimmage against a very strong Washington front seven led by Eagles killer Ryan Kerrigan. It's quite a way for the Eagles to measure themselves from tackle to tackle along the line of scrimmage. Brandon Brooks signed with the Eagles as an unrestricted free agent last year and started 14 games at right guard. He expects to be on point this season for an offensive line that should be among the very best in the NFL. And he has Kerrigan and a strong Washington front on the top of his mind. You know, Washington, they really do a good job up front with their group. What do you see from that unit? You know, they, they run a lot of different games and line sets up front. They get into like a five down front and, you know, it's man across the board with picks and, and stunts and, you know, stuff like that. Front seven play well together. You know, you got to really make sure your eyes are in the right spot as far as seeing who does what because they show one thing and then, you know, it's coming from the other side, you know, stuff like that. So their front side, like I said, works well together with a lot of, you know, different picks and stunts and stuff like that. So And Ryan Kerrigan, what makes him such an effective player, Brandon? You know, he gives a ton of effort, works his hands well, he's been doing it, you know, at a high level for a long time, you know, bends edge well, things like that. What's it like for you to, to start the season in the division, on the road, and kind of find out about this football team? You know, out the gate division game, first goal is, you know, win a division. So, you know, out the gate, you know, one of our goals in front of us is, you know, to beat a divisional team. So, you got to come out hot, got to come out firing and keep our foot on the gas. Do you have a sense of what this offensive line can be, what this offense can be? Yeah, I mean, got a lot of good players at, you know, important positions who, you know, go out there and work hard and make sure you're on the same page. And this coming uh, Sunday is going to be, you know, a big test. But, you know, I think we're up to the challenge. How are you feeling about the way you played in the preseason and about the progress made by the group up front? Uh, you know, as with anything, you know, there's never going to be, you know, I guess a perfect game. But, you know, there's some things we can work on and, you know, some things we did well and the things that, you know, we need to work on, we're focusing on. Brandon, what's it like to open a season? Is the first game a special thing to you still? Yeah, for sure. But, you know, even when you go on the preseason, you know, there's, there's although it's, you know, preseason, you still have that same, you know, game day mindset. You know, the biggest thing is, you know, now uh, starters are playing, you know, as long as the game goes, playing a lot more plays, um, you know, things like that. But, you know, my mentality as far as how I approach the game and, you know, things like that, you know, really don't change between preseason and, you know, regular game. I'm safety Chris Maragos. I'm defensive tackle Bo Allen. I'm Eagles linebacker Jordan Hicks, and you're listening to the Eagles Live podcast with Dave Spadaro. These defensive guys, they are all over the field. On the other side of the ball, the Eagles have to respect quarterback Kirk Cousins. The on-again, off-again 
franchise quarterback for Washington who is playing in his second season on a one-year contract. Cousins has been sensational in five starts against the Eagles, compiling a 4-1 record with 12 touchdown passes and only three interceptions in those five games. Safety Malcolm Jenkins knows that Cousins is the real deal. I mean, he's a great quarterback, and he always plays great against us, it seems. He's one of those guys that when you look at his numbers, you know, he's playing just as good as any quarterback in the league. Gets the ball out of his hands quick. He's commanding at the line of scrimmage. He's got some weapons. Jordan Reed being healthy, I think, is going to add another dimension to that offense. They got a solid running game. Uh, so, he, I mean, he's a legit elite quarterback. Are you one who believes in one team having another team's quote-unquote number? Uh, no. I think all you have is the opportunity at hand, and uh, there's always one winner, one loser after every game. But I don't think anything from last game carries over into the next. Defensive coordinator Jim Schwartz remembers the two Washington wins last season over the Eagles. Not pleasant memories. And he knows that in the end, it comes down to the very basics of playing good defense. Well, I think the first game we particularly struggled with stopping the run and big plays. Second game, we did a much better job in the run game. We still gave up a couple big plays, two big plays that I can remember. One, Deshaun Jackson beat us for a big play, and another one, I think Crowder got us down the seat late in the game that put him in that situation. So it always comes down to the same things. Stop the run, no big plays. A couple guys gave us some trouble last year, particularly Pierre Garçon made some key catches in both games. I'm not sorry to see him gone. Deshaun the same way. They've replaced those guys and moved up draft picks and things like that. I'm not going to be disappointed not to see those guys on the field. There are all kinds of storylines for this game. The Eagles, of course, want to get off to a strong start in 2017. They've got an NFC East rival waiting on Sunday. They have to win on the road this year to go where they want to go. Washington, after collapsing down the stretch in 2016, changed out its wide receivers, lost some pieces on defense, including its coordinator, and still has a chance in an NFC East that has not had a repeat winner since the 2003-2004 seasons when they the Eagles went back-to-back -back in the division. The Eagles started fast in 2016, beating Cleveland at home and opening the year 3-0. It didn't mean much at the end of a 7-9 season, however. In 2000, though, it mattered. It was Andy Reid's second season as the head coach. The Eagles were opening on the road against an NFC East rival, and the Eagles opened the game and the season with a shocker. We introduce this great moment in Eagles history. It has not been a close game because the Cowboys are being flat-out humiliated. Deuce has 199 yards rushing, and they are filing out of Texas Stadium. Shock waves are reverberating around the National Football League. This is unbelievable. David Akers had no idea what to expect. The call came from head coach Andy Reid to open the 2000 Eagles season in Dallas with an onside kick. The whistle blows. Akers approaches the ball, and he kicks out, goes for an onside kick, and it's recovered by the Eagles. Damian Douglas on the football, and the Eagles have it at the 42. An onside kick. The Eagles shocked everybody, and Damian Douglas on the football, and the Eagles have it. What a shock. Akers remembers how he was feeling as he approached the football for the opening kickoff. That was my first game to be the full-time kicker in 2000 and opening day and all that, obviously very nervous. And so Andy came up to me right before and Andy had a little nickname for me that we'd probably have to blurp out here, but he called me Shitbird. So with that, he's like, Shitbird, we're gonna open the game with an onside kick. 
Andy, please don't mess with me right now about that. I mean, I'm trying to start my career really off here and not screw this up. And so needless to say, I was extremely nervous. The Eagles recovered the kick and went on to trample the Cowboys 41 to 14 in a game known as the Pickle Juice Game, playing in temperatures that reached as high as 109 degrees at Texas Stadium, far higher than that on the artificial turf. The players were encouraged to drink pickle juice on the sidelines to stay hydrated and avoid cramping in the intense heat. After recovering the onside's kick, the Eagles drove 58 yards on eight plays and scored a touchdown on a Donovan McNabb pass to tight end Jeff Thomason from one yard out. That was the beginning of the route. The defense sacked Dallas quarterback Troy Aikman three times on the Cowboys' opening offensive drive, and it was all over. Running back Deuce Staley produced 262 yards of total offense from the line of scrimmage, 201 of them on the ground. Beating the Cowboys to open Reed's second season was just a trick to point the Eagles toward the playoffs, Staley said. It sure did. I tell you, I remember that day, and it was an awesome day, but it surely was hot down there in Dallas. Everybody was drinking pickle juice, and it worked in our favor. It all started with a gamble that paid off and ended a day that forever marks a high point in the Eagles-Cowboys rivalry. Damian Douglas, old D1, you know, he got that and covered it up, and I think he just set Deuce Staley off, and you know, obviously just a fantastic game and one of the memorable games. And it seemed like we owned the Cowboys for many years down there. People talk about big Cowboys fans, and I, ah, they were never our problem. That game was one of so many outstanding ones for Akers, who last week was introduced as the team's inductee into the Philadelphia Eagles Hall of Fame. He will be inducted on Monday, October 23rd at Lincoln Financial Field when Washington comes to town. I had a few moments to catch up with Akers as he visited the NovaCare complex last week. David, what does it mean to be in the Eagles Hall of Fame? Wow, that's a tough question, I think, right off the bat. It's humbling. I've got so much gratitude for the Eagles organization. Mr. Lurie goes back to Andy Reid and the personnel staff that gave me an opportunity when I was a nobody from Atlanta. Now looking back several years later, it's hard to imagine it's been seven years since I walked off the field wearing an Eagles jersey. And I didn't walk off the field the way I wanted to in or how I dreamt it, but I didn't make it in the NFL how I would have dreamt it either. So to be back here in the bird's nest to me is pretty exciting to see all the changes within the building, but yet seeing some of these friendly faces such as yourself and spend that time with my family to reminisce on the greatest times of my life. Let's go back to the way you started. I remember it as Norm Johnson was kind of the mentor but before that, it was a really tough road to get here. I had three training camps that I was involved with. I was with the Panthers first in 97, went 98 with the Falcons, and they had this guy named Morton Anderson. I don't know. He might still actually be playing today, but obviously congrats to Morton being in the Hall of Fame. But I went to the Redskins that same year and, and got activated from the practice squad and went out in my first game. My first kickoff in the NFL went 90 yards for a touchdown the other way. Not quite the way I was envisioning to go. Then I missed a 49 and 48 yarder in that game as well. So neither Needless to say, I was released two days later. So when I came up here and had a workout, when Ray Rhodes was actually still the head coach at that time, it was late. December 23rd was the actual date of, of the workout, if memory serves me. And we were back here where the vet was, where they decided to put, I don't know, some grass on top of the asphalt and say it's a practice facility. But I had a terrible workout. You know, I remember those days, Mike McCartney, Bobby DePaul, John Harbaugh were the guys, Tom Modrak were part of that then. And I had a terrible workout. So I land back in Atlanta. My wife and I were about to go up to Kentucky with my family for Christmas and I remember saying well that was a waste of time I had the worst workout I ever had she was well that's interesting the Eagles called they said they want to sign you so either they were really prophetic and how this would all work out or they just took a chance on a young guy and 
I learned a lot, grew up a lot along the way with John Harbaugh as well, you know, working day in and out with him. Obviously, I'm so proud of what he's been able to accomplish down in Baltimore, but I think that's kind of the neat thing about this business. There's so many people you come and go. They're in different organizations. Obviously, the people that made me better between the line and snap and holders that I had over the years, and I truly am blessed because of the guys that were let me to ride on their coattails. David, the key in the NFL is consistency, right? I mean, you have to make every kick. What do you think, if there is one or two things that you can point to, turned you from somebody who had trouble finding a job to somebody who didn't miss kicks? Well, that's interesting. First off, today, I think it's the next generation is always a little bit better, faster, stronger. And when you look at it, I was fortunate enough to be in a camp with a guy named John Casey in 97. And John was very confident in his own ability, probably because he didn't see that much competition with me, but was able to kind of show me some things that I was probably doing wrong. And I was able to go in and kind of hone those skills for about six to eight months, went into the Falcons training camp, had a great camp there, and really changed my whole style. And to the point where it's kind kind of cool and not to take credit for some of this stuff but it's kind of cool to see how you are a part of a changing of a kicking style from the days of like Morton Anderson and Steve Christie really great guys who kicked what we call soccer style to now the more vertical swing playing guys I was a part of that change and where you see Justin Tucker Gaskowski Prater Bailey and even Caleb I was talking with him before we came in here you know he was saying that he had to kind of change his style because he was getting some adductor issues in his groin and it's now that more vertical swing plane and it's very interesting the really good ones have switched to that. As you think back, and it does seem long ago, but not long ago, are there kicks that you made here that stand out to this day? Oh, there's some kicks that, to my mind, first off, I think it was 2000, it was the Steelers game, Old Three Rivers, and we were down by 10 with like three minutes to go, and we scored, we had to do an onside kick, and Gerard Cherry caught it like nine and three quarters yards, and then we had to do it again. Back then, you were able to scoot back five yards and try it again, and then Tim Houck, who's a coach here, recovers it, and we go down, and as time's ticking down, we hit a game-tying field goal of 42 yards, and then turn around and hit one in overtime. That was a pretty cool one. I believe I made a 57-yarder here against the Patriots one game, and that was pretty cool to have the longest field goal in the Lincoln Financial Field there. So, I mean, there's some different kicks that go along the way that I remember. Obviously, the game against the Packers in overtime and the playoffs there with Fred X coming across the middle before, but I think a lot of the memories that keep coming back, people say, do you miss the game? Of course you miss the adrenaline, the kicking, and and all that type of stuff, but I miss the locker room more than anything, the camaraderie with the teammates and, and the guys just joking around, just reminiscing here with so many different players and great faces that I shared so many good times with. Finally, when Jeffrey called, how did it happen? What was your reaction? Were you shocked? Well, I was extremely humbled and surprised to hear that he wanted to speak with me. And matter of fact, we have a place down on a lake down in Tennessee. And I remember sitting there, I was in bad sell situation. He was in a bad sell situation. We kind of got disconnected a couple times, but again, I just can't thank Mr. Lurie enough for an opportunity to spend 12 years in one place. It doesn't happen a lot. And so the loyalty that he had for me, and I give it right back. And I just so appreciative of the Eagles and the organization. We're going to have a fun time celebrating this year, aren't we? Absolutely. I pull for the Eagles so much because if they were able to win the championship, it's like a little bit of you gets to win that as well, being part of the people that paved the way and just seeing guys even like Harold Carmichael that paved that way for us to be able to come out and compete for so many years. Thanks, David. Congratulations. Thank you, Dave. And that will do it for this edition of the Eagles Live podcast. 
Make sure you're with us following the season opener in Washington against the Redskins. We'll have our instant reaction podcast for you shortly after the game. Thanks to Brian Thomas and Richard Chu for putting it all together. And thanks to you for joining us each and every week on the Eagles Live podcast. The season is here. It's time to find out what this team is all about. Have a great Eagles day, everyone. And fly, Eagles, fly. E-A-T-L-E-S.